everything outwardly that will count in your favor with God must be something that came out spontaneously as a result of the real work that was going on inside. I will say that again. It is not the crew crew we're running up and down outside. Even if, you know, earlier on, I, I, what I did earlier, my initial um, attempt was to explain that it is not what we see that God rewards. I've explained that. But I want to bring out something here out again. Even the man that is giving in secret, or the man that is preaching openly, listen to me, the fact is that it is God that's at work in both people. What God rewards, all right, is not the move, motions outside. It is the motions outside that came forth as a result of the appropriate motions inside. Let me get explain what I say. We see from that Matthew chapter 7 as an example that these people, they cast out demons. They prophesied. They performed many miracles. But in verse 23, the Lord said, they were not my servants. I don't recall with anything that they did. Did they preach in my name? Yes. Did they cast out demons? Most certainly. Did they perform miracles? Sure. Did any of them count in their favor? No. Why? Because in themselves, they are workers of iniquity. The things that happened were just things I wanted to do and I used anybody. What was he trying to say? If they wanted work to count... They will check their own personal lives first. There is something that we do in them. Then what that produces automatically will not count in their favor. I don't know whether I get my point. Let's check what Jeremiah said about it. I'm laying a foundation. Like I said, please, if you can lay your hands on the book, How to Work for God. Jeremiah chapter 17. I just want to read this portion, which is well known, verse 10. Okay, let me start from verse 7. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its root by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green. And it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. He said, The heart is more deceitful than all else, and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, I can understand it. <laughs> I, the Lord, I search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Are you see what God is saying here? Before I reward a man's work outside before I reward the reward the, the result of his deeds the first thing I do is to search his heart and test his mind are you getting my point here he said to Samuel I don't see as man sees man looks on the outward but I I look inside very important I'm going to say something here when God wants to judge the work that even counts with us 
He doesn't just judge works by themselves. He judges the works only based upon the one that has been done inside the heart. That is why physical faithfulness can never make up for unfaithfulness in the heart. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. If somebody is not faithful to the Lord in the heart, no matter what he or she does outside, and that is why we preachers must be careful that we don't provoke people just to actions, but we provoke them first of all to faith. Because listen, you know the truth? God will do what he wants to do. He will. That is, if you want somebody, okay, let me give you an example now. He wants this word taught here today. Alright? It's not my wisdom. For that reason, he gives me no reward for the fact that people are learning from what I'm saying. Because it's not my wisdom. It's not my money. Everything that we put together here is not my money. Even if I personally put money inside, it's not my money. It's not my strength. So, for that reason, listen, there is nothing to be given as rewards. A bank you tried, you preached. Who are you? You have mouth? I don't know what I get my point. There's none that's mine in everything. For that reason, it doesn't owe anything to anybody. What does it, therefore, what does he bless people for? He blesses people for the fact that they are obedient. What I mean by obedience is this. For example, let us assume there was a time. I had the opportunity to leave Enugu and go to Onicha as an example. All right? And, and what is the reason? He said, look, if you move to Onicha, you'll be able to do this business, get this kind of job, open this kind of ministry, and, oh boy, money will move. Then the word of the Lord comes to you saying, Every call has a location. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, it has a location. There is a specific people I sent you to. So, and a man's life does not come, no, it tells you that promotion does not come from the east or the west or from the south. And it's all of that. Then you use those words, you sit down and make a decision to stay where you are. What God rewards is that. Now, what he does as a result of where you are is not your business. It's obedience to that word that said stay. That is what can accrue in your favor. That you are obedient to a... Because what God deals with is that relationship you have personally with his word. Not the work you do outwardly that God results. Did you hear what I said? What God rewards in your life, what he sees and marks you good... Is that relationship that you personally have with his word? Is how his word affects you? Because he can cause you to do things you don't believe in. If it comes to that, yes. Let me give it as an example. Hey, there's a scripture I'm trying to remember. Anyway, it's concerning Nebuchadnezzar. Sorry, it's Assyria, not Nebuchadnezzar. It said, is a weapon of my wrath. When I'm angry with a nation, I raise him up to go and attack the nation. He said he doesn't intend it like that. That is, he doesn't obey me to go. I just make him do it because he's a wicked man. I don't know whether I get my point. (laughs) That is, I do what I want to do in his life. I I use him for what I want to use him for. Are you getting my point? That is, I can get results through the life of somebody who is not even obedient to me. That is, conscious yieldedness and obedience. 
He said, I will tell him, I will raise him up against a nation and say, go and destroy that nation. He will go. I raise him up against another nation, go and destroy that nation, he will go. He said, but he never does it out of obedience. He never does it out of righteousness. He actually does it out of wickedness. I'll give a very good example again, a very good one. Judas, the Lord had to be betrayed. Somebody had to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. So Judas served the purpose of God, true or false. Now, will God reward him and bless him for that? No. He, wasn't the, the, he was not betraying Jesus out of obedience, conscious obedience to God's will. He was obeying it out of default. You know, it was a default obedience day because the Bible said God has made everything for a purpose. Even the wicked man for his role in the day of destruction. That is why God does not just reward what people do because they do things sometimes that are good, not intending to do that which is good. God just works in, his, in their lives. So when God wants to reward people, he doesn't reward the acts. He rewards the relationship between them and his word. I hope you're getting my point. He rewards the reverence that they have for him. He rewards the fear of God in their hearts. That is what he rewards. It is not, that's why you have to be very careful. In fact, as believers, if you consciously are doing something so as to get something, you get nothing. If you decide that, okay, I will preach so that when I get to heaven, they will know I preached. You have not preached. Because what you, you that is, you were not thinking about the importance of the preaching. You were not thinking about the need for the truth in the lives of the people you are going to preach to. You are just concerned about what will come to you. For that reason, the Bible causes sowing to the flesh. For that reason, you get nothing. Why do I go to all of these things? Trying to emphasize to people that it's not what is outward that God is rewarding. No. It is what is inside. Judas served the purpose of God. But why? Because he was a thief. He did not deliberately say, let me serve God's purpose. He had the heart of a thief. It was a disobedient heart. So what he got was bad. Like I was referring to earlier, when he's done with all of these things, I will now turn around and punish him. Why? Even though he was serving my purpose in everything that he was doing, the heart was not right. So I'm going to judge him according to the intentions of his heart. Even though what he did was exactly what I wanted somebody to do. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, That's why some people will cast out demons in his name. Listen, don't be moved. I know many people are moved by church is big. This man is known everywhere. If you know how spiritual things work, do you know, as a, peace, as a preacher, listen to this, you can set your mind on a large congregation. It's called spiritualism. Spiritualism. You set your mind on it. You set your mind on it. You set your mind on it. Use every principle you have to bring it to pass. And it comes to pass. But it will never be a blessing to you. That's why we'll see later on as believers. Hmm? You have to be careful the spiritual principles you operate. Because the fact that you call somebody to something to be does not mean it's good for you. God says something concerning the, um, um, the Babel. Human beings gathered and said, let's build up for ourselves a city and build a large tower in the midst of it. And he said, if they determine to do something 
and these were all regenerated men, if they determine to do something, and these were people that do not have the power of the renewed renew spirit, if they determine to do something, say nobody can stop them from achieving it. What does that tell you? If we, today, determine to do something, we can also get the results. That's why I said God, and God will be watching. I told you, this is a testimony. It's not doctrine, but it's a testimony to illustrate it. A man built a very large denomination, still in existence till today. And the foremost prophet who knew him very well said the day this man started that church, he walked out of the plan of God for his life. Yet, the church became very big. Yet, the denomination multiplied branches. Yet, people go to those churches every day and they are blessed. <laughs> Yet, lives, lives go in there and they are transformed. Sinners go there and get born again. The sick go there, they get healed. Denomination having effect all over the place. Yet, a man with prophetic insight shook his head. Said the day this man started this church, God gave up on him. Listen, you don't judge your works outwardly, like I have worked for God. No. I'll talk about the power of grace again, one of my favorite topics as we go on. I'll talk about it. The power of grace. Very important. Because if we labor in the things that matter, you'll be amazed at the effects that your life can have. Far beyond that which you will have imagined. Let me say something quickly. The work of God, like I've been saying, starts inside. Let me summarize. I'm watching my time so that I can, I can run this on off. They will now continue next time. I'm just introducing this subject. It is not what we do outside that God counts. So those that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. So when God wants to check what we are really doing, it is what we are doing in spirit. I'm not making something here. We may go out to preach the gospel. It looks like a good work. The first man, God says, you know why he's preaching? They told him if he doesn't preach, he will go to hell. Motive, wrong. Yet he goes. Hmm? 100 people get saved. Why? I preach in your name. It's the name. They get saved. The next man is preaching. Why is he preaching? They say, if you are believing God for something, you do something for God. So it can bring back into your life. So this is sacrifice for the gift from my hands he's looking for. God says he's sowing to himself. He's not doing anything for me. Yet they go for that meeting. 500 people are saved. Another one says, he goes for the same meeting. Goes to preach. Why is he preaching? That one said, I was born to preach. It is a call of God for my life. Woe be me if I don't preach. God says, very good. Are you getting my point? And that one goes, listen to this, I want to turn it de- deliberately. And only six people listen to him, one gets saved. They line them up for reward. And you are surprised, God picks that one. And this is the only preacher in the lot. He said, but this other man, 500 people. This one, 100. This one, only one person. He said, but I checked his heart. The first man, he did fear hellfire. He not love me. The second one, he is believing God for a new house. Believing God for his children. Believing God for breakthrough. And they said that you need to go to prayer with souls in your hand. 
But I needed somebody to just open his mouth. Even if a donkey came that day, I would have saved people. <laughs> so the man came up, God poured the grace upon him, and people got saved. So one of them, this is the only person who was taught that I own him. Who was taught that he must live his life for me. Who was taught that before he was born, I knew him. And I consecrated him to be a preacher. He's the only one that obeyed me in the lot. The other ones, I just used them. Because God uses everybody. <laughs> Many people are being used today. And they think that they are doing the will of God. God is just using them. That is, oh God, you must understand that. God can use people. Using people is God's job. It's his habit. Just wake up. Let's use somebody today. <laughs> he doesn't sleep anyway. No matter what you do in life, you'll be used for something. Even the wicked man is an instrument in God's hands. There was something David Parson said once, I must never forget it. He made a statement. Ah, listen to this, very important. Has he ever concerned you before? Think about this. They say Bill Gates doesn't believe God in God. Yet he's, you know, all he does now is charity work. The man has so much money. One year, I think 2000 and... Which year are we in? 16. I think 2014 or so, they paid him $4 billion in one year as dividends. Okay, let's even assume I'm mistaken. $2 billion. Warren Buffett in 2014 made an equivalent of, is it $36 million an hour? How much? Who can remember? Bishop, you should remember now. He made $13 million that, billion dollars that year. You hear what I said? The amount of money a man made in a year, $13 billion. Oh, you didn't hear it well. You should have been praising God. $13 billion was how much increase came into his life in one year. Now, some people think that, wow, if a man gets that kind of money, I will do a lot of things. Let me tell you one of the things you will do if you get that kind of money suddenly. One of them is that you'll go crazy. <laughs> some people say, ah, no, 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 no. Trust me. You know, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Don't pray to God for that kind of money to come to you suddenly. If you must have it, increase gradually. Be fruitful. Multiply. It's gradual. If you give you $13 billion and you are not building a refinery, you will build a mental home. That is... <laughs> when they say, let us pray, say, about what? <laughs> you know, there are surprising people who say that, I'll take the name of the Lord in vain. You will. You will think that if you are not trained, you won't just come and say, God, go away, y'all. Let me move. No. They'll just come and say, we have this big project, let us pray about it. Say, pray about what? This is not money. Money and started all things. You are taking the name of the Lord in vain. You don't realize it. Now I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Some of these men, eh, they earn a lot of money. Why am I saying so? When you earn a lot of money, sometimes life can become confusing. I remember this woman, um, I just want to mention an example, um, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, if she signs to do a movie, sign an agreement, I'm doing this movie, you give her $20 million instantly. 
She has not gone to settle. You just have an agreement that this is the movie. I will do this movie for you. That's 20 million US dollars. I'm telling the story of at least five years ago. Or more. In case you don't know what they call 20 million US dollars. It means 20 million US dollars. <laughs> they say in America, for you to be comfortable and happy and reach the limit of joy, you can't go beyond that level. It's $200,000 that is required. Income annually, $200,000. You see, why, why are you going with all of this talk? For that reason, you see many of them get up and start globe trotting, doing good. Many who don't know will now wonder, after unbelievers are doing good, you now wonder what is the relevance of the power of Christ? Because you think it's a sacrifice that somebody gets up, you now go to Somalia to go and see the children who are suffering in Somalia. You now see, um, what's the name of this girl? Angelina Jolie. You now go to, uh, come, come to Africa, adopt a baby, go to China, adopt a baby, go to Mexico, adopt another one, and you're impressed. David Paulson said, don't be impressed. He said, there is none good but God. That any goodness you see in anybody was something God provoked them to do, whether they wanted to do it or not. I said, God, see, understand it. The man said, there is none good but God. So you see a man say, I don't believe in God. And he gives out 50 billion of his worth. His money. And you're like, what? He doesn't believe in God. Look at what he's doing. God said, I am just using him to do what I want to do. Why? There is none good but God. God uses everybody. He uses everybody. He will say, okay, I want to bless people in this area. Many of us think that God will not give the money to Christians who will go there. God said, listen, I have too many other jobs for these Christians to do. So you give one unbeliever one billion dollars. That one has nothing else to do. He has bought the best cars, the best clothes. And in case you don't know, the cheapest thing to own in life is clothes. They give you a million dollars. And money will come to your house, bow, measure you, bring the clothes back and you won't know you spent money. When God now dashes an unbeliever a billion dollars, you know what God has just done? The guy has the best houses, the best clothes, the best cars. He has a, I mean, a Learjet without the money, the noise they're making that a pastor Creflo Dollar wanted to buy a jet. That how much was he trying to buy? $65 million. You package 10 of them there with a billion dollars and still have enough money to change the world. So if I give you a billion dollars, what else will you do with money? So God now says, I know what I'm doing. The man will now get up and start all over the world, building charity uh, hospitals in poor places, paying doctors, then building nursing homes in places, and doing all that. People will now be looking and say, ah, these are good people. No, there is none good but God. I hope you're getting my point. What I'm trying to say here. You know what I'm saying? All of these things. So all those things they are doing, God doesn't reckon with it at all. Why? A foolish man says in his heart, there is no God. Because they fine, say that I'm not there, but I will use you anyway. 
When some of my children will be somewhere in one corner of Somalia crying for food, I will move you out of Hollywood. You will hire a big jet. You will fly there and give them food. And you will say, there is no God. And they will say, thank you, sir. When you go, they will worship at night. Father, we worship you. Thank you for the malu that brought the food. <laughs> I mean, just a meal. <laughs> he just brought the food. And you go back and say, I've shown them that there is no God. They know there is God. They know who sent you. You may not know him, but they know him. There is none good but God. That's why as believers also, let's not be impressed with what we are doing. There are people that have entered ministry, started churches, gone to evangelistic outreach that God didn't send them. And God went there and blessed people. They now think it's a confirmation of their ministry. <laughs> God said, no, you don't get it. I use people. I always use people. I even use a thief. If I tell my son, listen, I don't like this car you are driving. If he doesn't want to listen, I tell the thief, collect it. So the thief will come, wind down, bullseye in his face. If you don't move, I shoot you. And the Lord said, you can't shoot him. Just collect the car. <laughs> the guy collects the car and goes away. And the thief is running away. He has an accident. He dies there. The car catches fire. So they recover the car, even though it's the carcass of the car. And the thief goes and collects his judgment. And my son, your car is gone. I warned you. The thief will not be rewarded that he did the work of God, even though he did. Let me summarize my message. Trying to close on time. Listen, what God judges in your life is not what is done outside. Because what is done outside is done for many reasons. Many of them, God just executes his own purpose, despite the people who are doing the things. He said, but when it comes to my children, how do I judge? I, the Lord, I search the heart. I test the mind. Back to Jesus Christ. He said, let's read this one. Already in a moment, he said, those that worship God must worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. They now came to the Lord Jesus, John chapter 6. Let's open to the book of John chapter 6. Now, let's read from, um, uh, let's go, go up to verse 22. The next day the crowd stood, uh, the next day the crowd that stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except one. And Jesus had not entered into, uh, with his disciples into the boat. Now, this was when Jesus walked on water. Remember that story? If you just go a few verses before that, all right? Now, verse 23. There came other small boats from Tiberias near to the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks, where he multiplied the bread. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into small boats the small boats, came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, all this running up and down, <laughs> it's not because you saw signs that proved that I was the Messiah of the Son of God. He said, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. That is, you witness the sign, but what, what, what is motivating you is what you got out of it, not what the sign said to you. 
He now said to them, verse 27, Do not work for the food which perishes. Don't give offerings for the money that perishes. Don't labor because of what you are going to get out of things. He said, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father, God has set his seal. Wanting to know more, verse 28. Wanting to know more, they said to him, What shall we do so that we may walk the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. I'm not going to do more than that now. He said, This is the work of God. These people ran up and down to get to the place where Jesus was. But Jesus said the reason was because of what they were getting out of relating with him. He said, but you must work a work that is pleasing to God, work that endures. And they said, what is the work we will do? And God will be pleased with what we are doing. He said, this is the work. What is the thing that God has commanded us to do? He said, this is the work, to believe in him whom he has sent. Now, we'll talk about that faith, all right, as we go on. We'll be talking about it here and there. But why I read this is just to emphasize to us again. That what God calls work for him is not often what people call work for him. Very important we get this point. A man can be sitting down, he's not doing anything, and God says, this fellow is working for me. And somebody can be running up and down, doing many things, and God said, this guy, I do not know him. There's a story I told in my book, How to Work for God. It happened right here. This was many years ago. This hall was, of course, it's not even more different than before, all right? But it was even different from what it was a few months ago. Are you getting my point? I just standing there trying to get some things ready. One young man came to see me. The story is in that book, How to Work for God. And he said that um, he is having some problems. He doesn't understand what's going on in his life. And it's not the kind of problem he can put his fingers on. Things were just a bit... He just knew that something was out of order. What exactly, he did not know. But he told me that he's been trying to work for God. He's been trying to make sure that he's serving God with his life. Which sounds like a good thing, right? Yeah, it sounds like a good thing. They made a statement that he has been to two Bible schools just in this quest to serve God. If I remember well, if I'm not mistaken, the young man, from what he told me that time, he was a lawyer. At that time, he was going to one of these uh, prominent Pentecostal churches in Nigeria. Of course, they have a branch in Enugu. And he said he had gone to their Bible school, went to another school's Bible school, joined the workers' uh, force, and then became a pastor or something, all in a bid to serve God. But the thing doesn't seem to be working. Now, I, I, he can't even describe for me what he means by it's not working. He just knew that something is wrong. So when he heard me preach on radio, he located this place and he came to see me. And as I was talking that day, I was asking him all kinds of questions. While in my heart, I was putting up my antenna, just scanning what is the Holy Spirit saying. At a point in time, I don't know how, I just knew, boom, this is his problem. I told him simply, you are trying to work for God, you don't even know him. I told him simply, you know what you are trying to do? You are trying to work for somebody you don't know, you don't understand. Somebody you have no relationship with. This is a problem a lot of Christians have. I'll tell you something. Jesus said, you are not, you are not, it's not because the signs you saw told you anything. You are laboring for something that will not endure. Many people are working only for 
security, what they are going to get. Many people are working, they're trying to work for God, because somebody tells them, listen, hmm, your children are all over the place. Who is watching them? What are you doing for God? I don't know what I get my point. So as to make God do something for you. I need to emphasize that again. It is totally wrong, totally unchristian, for you to be doing things for God because you expect that to be the provocation for him to do something back for you. Let me say the way it is. It's actually a sin. You are working in iniquity. If you have that mindset, because that is what underlies what many people are doing. A man starts a business. Listen to this. I will try and close quickly. He starts a business and somebody tells him that for your business, now listen to what I want to say carefully because you need to balance it well. For your business to do well, you need to take a portion of it and be giving it to the ministry. And the man starts giving money from his business to the ministry so that the business can prosper. You'll be surprised when I tell you it's a sin. It's an insult. We are dealing with the order of Christianity here. God is not a mafia boss you pay off so he can protect you. Some people say, no, as I'm giving from my business to this church, as the world is prospering, my business will be prospering. It will not prosper. It will die. I know this is teaching that many people are surprised to hear. You are insulting the word of God with that. You are laboring for food that will perish. You are doing what you are doing for the progress of your business. You do not have a primary love for the word of God. And God is not stupid. He won't reward it. I know this is not popular teaching. But believe me, this is the word of God I'm giving you. Many people, you know what they are doing? Say, so that I give God Monday. I do something in Wonderless Baby's Hope. I do it in church. That way, he will now put Tuesday in order, Wednesday in order, Thursday in order, Friday in order, Saturday in order. You now see Christians, especially when they think the physical building is the house of God. A man who will not sweep in his house, who will not sweep in his office, he will sweep in church. You should know you are doing idolatry. If you can sweep in church, then you should be able to sweep in your office. It is not where you sweep, it's that you are a sweeper. I don't know why you are getting my point. Yes. It is that, is there the sweep in you? If sweep is not in you, don't worry. But if sweep is in you, please sweep. Some of these I used to hear those days. He said, This man is very humble. Why? He carries church, a chair. And it's church. I have been looking at them. He's carrying chair in church. He's a bank manager. Does he ever carry chair in the banking hall? If he never does, he's lying. He's not humble. He's bribing God. True, go to your banking hall and carry chair. I know you are humble. Your friend is parking into his house. Go and carry chair. I know you are humble. When is the plastic that we use to hear the word of God that you can carry? When is idolatry? Get away. 
Those who worship, worship in spirit and in truth. They understand sweeping. They are willing to sweep the gutter on their street when it's environmental sanitation day. They don't feel too big to do it. So when such a person comes and sweeps in church, God said, that is my son. He's humble. He's a sweeper. <laughs> but if he never sweeps anywhere else apart from church, he's an idolater. When he gets home, he crosses his leg. His wife does the sweeping. Does the washing of plates. Then he comes to church. He now wants to sweep. And God said, who told you I came to this service? I was in your house. You were not sweeping. You did not do to the least of the saints. You want to do it to the biggest of the pastors. I don't count that. That's a lot of people don't understand. That is why people... look. Listen, that is the main problem. The work they are working is supposed to make God do something for them. And I'm here to tell you again today, stop that nonsense. The Lord does not like it. He said, if you want a blessing, ask me for it directly. Don't bribe. Ask in the name of Jesus, I give it to you. Ask in the name of Jesus, I give it to you. If I have not given you, it's because I have not found faith in your heart. It's not because you have not sown enough seeds. It's not because you have not swept enough church. It's not because you have not done enough for me. It is because I have not yet found faith in your heart. I'm not doing anything for you because you first did for me. I don't operate like that. I give to those who kneel down and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I know I've not done everything I'm supposed to have done. But Jesus died for me. Have mercy. Those are the people I give things to. Those who in their heart think I, have, I need to do for God so he might do back for me. I don't listen to them. They insult me with everything that they do. What does it mean to worship in spirit? What is the motive behind what I'm doing? Like I said, have I become a true sweeper in my heart? Humble enough to know if Jesus can wash the feet of the disciples. So I can wash the feet of my workers. Forget church for a moment. Because everything you are doing is what? A ministry. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. You know what it means? Mr. MD, you should be able to wash the feet of your driver. That's what it means. That's what it means. That's what it means. It's not as if a big man comes to church. I know, of course, for some, no, I, I appreciate it. I thank you all very much for it. Maybe if I'm coming upstairs, people see with my bag. Ah, let me help you to your bag. Are you getting my point? And it's good. I mean, it's respect. It's honor. It's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's very good. It's right. But this is how God is. If as a man, you will never carry your wife's bag. You carry your pastor's bag. You're not a good man. I don't <laughs> You're not a good man. You're not a good man. Many women look and say, Pastor, good morning, sir. Then turn to the, the husband. Ambrose, wait for me, otherwise I'll be angry. <laughs> Charity begins at home. Okay, now. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. (laughs) 
Listen, that's the problem. Many times we want to do these things so as to try to do what? To please God so we might get something out of Him. And that's not worship in spirit. Through worship in spirit, you are first converted into something. You become that thing. That thing becomes a part of your substance. So that, for example, when you're a giver, you're just a giver. I hope you get my point. When you don't need, you give. When you have little, you give. When you see the work of God, you give. When you want to honor the man of God, you give. When you want to honor the poor, you give. When you see somebody who is stranded, you give. When you go to church... And you see, money needs to, like I said earlier, the, preaching the gospel costs money. You don't expect your pastor, you go to church every Sunday, he's preaching word to you. You expect him to be using faith to bring money. Listen, you, there are some jobs you should let the man not need to do. God has blessed you financially, you turn around, you give. You just find that you are a giver. Your mother knows you are a giver, your pastor knows you are a giver, your friends know you are a giver. Why? You've been converted. That's what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. Not running up and down because of what we are going to get. We'll continue from that particular point. I don't want to be staying too long. Let me stop here. At this, at this point, we'll read this particular scripture again. That John chapter 6. And we'll describe exactly what it means to believe. God judges us concerning our works based upon how our faith is producing everything that we are doing. Not how we are doing something outside so as to make him do something for us. No. It is our faith in him that is the primary thing he's looking out for. He wants faith stirred up in our heart. That is real work for God. That's real work for God. That's real work for God. As God is stirring up faith in your heart, faith starts producing things outside, outwardly. Because you understand the word of God, you make certain decisions concerning ministry. And God says, that's my work. Because you understand the word of God, you make certain decisions concerning your business. God says, that's my work. Because you understand the word of God, you understand the word of God, you make certain decisions concerning your, your, your life, your business, your, your ministry, your family, everything. And God said, everything you are making decisions concerning, because it is my word that provoked it, that is my work. I told the other day I went to preach, and a young woman is getting married, I think, next weekend or this weekend. He said, even this marriage, sir, it is what the word has produced in me. God said, that girl is marrying by faith, and that wedding is the work of God. I said to her, this is your marriage we overcome. Because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Do you get my point here? Let's bow down here and give a lot of thanks for the word. Let's thank him for truth. Say, Lord, thank you. Can you just put up your two hands and say after me, say in the name of Jesus, Jesus, I give thanks to the Father Father, because he has delivered me. Or I say in the name of Jesus, I have been delivered. I have been set free. The bondage of sin is broken. I am free to serve the Lord. I serve Him with liberty. I serve Him with holiness. I serve Him with righteousness. I like this part. I say every curse is broken. Ancestral curses, they are broken. Curses from what I did, they are broken. My sins are forgiven. I walk in the newness of life. I walk in the newness of life. The life of Christ is working in me. See, the life of Christ is working in me. Is giving life to my mortal body. Say in the name of Jesus, the power of resurrection is working in me. Is healing every disease. 
is healing every disease. Is giving life to my eyes. Life to my brain. Life to my mouth. Life to my throat. Life to my belly. Life to my chest. Life to every part of my body. Say the resurrection power of Christ is working in me. It's making me fruitful. In the fruit of my body, I'm fruitful. In the work of my hands, I'm fruitful. In all that I do, I prosper. Say, according to the word of God, safety is my portion. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling place. Say, no evil will befall me. And no plague will come near my dwelling place. I am blessed in my going out. I am blessed in my coming in. Say it again. I am blessed in my going out. And I am blessed in my coming in. Say, my children are blessed. My offspring are blessed. Anything that I produce is blessed. My business is blessed. My career is blessed. My ministry is blessed. Grace works in my life. Grace works in my life. Please say this. I will live in houses I did not build. Because grace works in my life. I will run companies I did not build. Because grace works in my life. I will get results I did not labor for. Because grace works in my life. Say every curse is broken. Unproductivity is broken. Poverty is broken. Fruitfulness. That's my portion. I am fruitful. I multiply. I fill the earth and I subdue it. In my career, I fill the earth. I subdue it. In my business, I fill the earth and I subdue it. In all that I do, I prosper. In all that I do, I prosper. To the glory of God, I prosper. Safety is my portion. See, the angels of God gather around me. They deliver me from all troubles. It is well with my soul. It is well with my spirit. And it is well with my body. Say, angels ride with me. They fly with me. Therefore, I am safe. Because the commandment of God is upon my life. He said, I will not dash my foot against a stone. I am protected. And I am safe. Say, because of me, this nation is blessed. Because of Christ, who is in me, this nation is blessed. I am the salt of the earth, and I am the light of the world. In the name of Jesus. Father, I will give you thanks today. I pronounce your blessing upon your people. These words are confirmed in Jesus' name. Peace be upon you. Peace go with you. Peace be upon you. And peace go with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One to go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death. And we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness. Into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse. Into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
in the name of please bless somebody